Um, hello? Knock, knock. Who's there? (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think. Obviously, my brain's not working. I couldn't think of anything clever because... Well, James? (laughs) What was that? What was that? Hey, guys. (laughs) Um... (laughs) We're really, uh, we're really starting off the season strong. Season two, baby. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Kay. I'm Craig. We're still in two different rooms and states. We are. Yes. Let's get the sad sound effect. Oh, wait. It's been a month and a half and I haven't done anything. Got a soundboard. <laughs> I did not get a soundboard. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get a soundboard. I'm gonna get us music and none, none nothing of the sort has, has happened. Um I didn't well, what has though. happened. Yeah, what yeah. has happened? Let's let's give let's give us little updates. Um Craig, you go first. What what have you been up to? What's been going on? What have yeah, um, so as all the listeners should know by now, I moved. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. He moved out. I live in... Billy Joel. I live... <laughs> I did. I <laughs> live in Nashville now. Um, In the past month... Yeah, snaps, everyone, snaps. The past month, I've started a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, well, past two two months? It's been like two months now. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've moved. I moved here two months ago, a little bit over. Um, started in a, a new job. I'm still in the middle of grad school. I graduate with my master's in August. I'm very excited wow. for that. It's very good times. I have mostly been familiarizing myself with Nashville and how to get around. Um, Oh, I, ever since I moved, I want to say every week or every two weeks, something crazy has happened to me. I've been getting all these weird sicknesses. Mm-hmm. I was in the ER. Hell yeah. Um, currently, I'm getting over a little bit of pink eye. Oh. Yeah, so that's, I'm That's kind of groovy. Yeah, I'm on something different for the Teen Vogue Awards. (laughs) Something you know, spice it up a little, something a little different. So I'm on like antibiotic those eye drops. Um, I had a a sinus throat infection a few weeks ago. Um, two weeks ago I got in a bad car accident. I'm alive. I am safe. Everyone, boo! But my car was totaled, so I had to get a brand new car. Cheers to that. Boo and not boo because, like, yeah. on the one hand, boo because car, of the... boo because money for new car. Yeah, my payments, not very much looking forward to. However, I am loving my new car. I've yet to name her. Oh, the first one that came to mind, honestly, was Dorothea. Interesting. I honestly thought, you know how like people name things after like actual people from the past, whether it's like celebrities who are still alive today or like famous historical figures and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was actually thinking about naming my car Michelle Branch. I think that 
would say a lot about you and I'm here for it. Yeah. I and support it. Speaking of, speaking of her, totally plugging this. Okay. She, I'm, I'm missing it tonight. She's doing a live stream concert for the 20th anniversary of the Spirit Room. I was going to say for the 20th anniversary of 9-11? <laughs> her album was released on 9-11. Oh no, Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So like, I just realized this recently too. It was like a few months ago. I knew it came out that year. I didn't know it obviously came out that day. And when she was doing all her promo for this, 20th anniversary concert obviously she's having it tonight not tomorrow mm. but I went on to look I was thinking I was like on, on iTunes or something and I was looking at it because it has you know the stats the date it's released all that good stuff and then I looked at the release date I was just like wow wow you think oh my god like listening to it on their like commute to work at the at you know the world trade center it's possible it's possible I don't think people really listen to albums like the day they came out back then, though. I say back then. Also, like, I don't know what... Also, her demographic, like, no offense to anyone, was a little bit younger, I want to say. So I can't... Young people worked in the World Trade Center. No, that's true. But, like, when I... Maybe I'm just, like, you know... I don't know stereotyping. They worked at coffee shops, not... Yeah, but like the first thing, of course, I'm thinking of is like a 35 year old white businessman, and I'm like, I cannot picture him. I'm sorry, a cis white. Oh, sorry, that was heterosexual man. Yeah, oh yeah, because I don't see that type of person listening to Michelle Branch. I could be That's wrong. True. I'm waiting for the audience to prove me wrong. I will be so glad if I find out she has a wider demographic than I think. I mean, it's possible. Anyways, um, I do digress, but I am going to put a poll out there eventually on what I'm going to name my car. Michelle Branch is definitely a contender. As she should be. Um, What's been up with you and your life? Oh, you know, I beginning of August, I went on a little trip. A little trip, a little skip and a leap to Pennsylvania for like a, like a long weekend. That was fun. Then... I spent the middle of August doing nothing, um, which was fun and also stressful. And then it was a lot of getting ready for um, my residency, not residency in Boston that I did. So basically, and I'm sure everyone listening has heard this before, but I'm going to explain it again anyway for the uninduced. Um, My program... Uh, for grad school is supposed to be low residency, which means we spend one week in person and the rest of the semester is virtual, like asynchronous and all that. Um, but the all of the residencies that I've had so far that are supposed to be in person have also been virtual. And that is something most displeasing to me in my career. So this time around, I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to Boston. Hopefully some of my friends from the program can meet up with me. And we did. Um, so I was in Boston for like a little over a week with two of my friends from my program living with me in my cousin's apartment in Boston, like not too far from where I go to grad school. This just sounds like a sitcom. It, man, my life was sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so, I mean, most of the time that we were there, it was just us on Zoom during the day because it was still a virtual mm. residency. 
Um, yeah. But we also got to like hang out in person and like some of our other friends who were in that area um, came over and I got to like meet some people in person for the first time, which was incredible. That is um, so exciting. Yeah. And so now the semester is officially started and I'm, uh, I'm writing a feature this semester, which is daunting, but fun. Emmys, you better watch out. You better watch out. The Oscars. But yeah. Emmys. <laughs> no, Emmys is, is TV, babe. Oh, when you said feature, I, I I got you. I thought you meant like a TV show. Um, that would be a series <laughs> vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little slow today. Today? Every day. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, every day. Um, yeah, that? so I'm writing a feature, so that'd be Oscars, uh, which I won't get to, but uh, it'll still be fun. And I cried in the car today thinking about my feature because I like finally really emotionally connected with it which is good mm. i had a, a bit of a breakthrough one could say um that always yeah. feels good you know any writer whether it's film television novel any play. type of medium like once yeah. you play yeah screenplay script like once you like have that breakthrough moment and you're just sitting there with that, that writer's block and you're like oh wait this this is starting to make sense that feels good it wasn't even like I had writer's block I was just like listening to the playlist I made for it and a song came on mm. and I like had a breakthrough with one of was my it characters. a Phoebe Bridger song no 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 it wasn't uh <laughs> what song was it I don't even I oh, speaking of everyone, I saw Phoebe Bridgers live. Oh That's my crazy. goodness! I'm crazy. so crazy. That might be like one of like the top moments in my career. That yeah, that makes sense. I I'm not um, saying Phoebe Bridgers. She's just as sadly. she's just as magical live, if not more. Just as sad. Than I could have anticipated. <laughs> yeah. Um. She has such a great sense of humor. Um. Okay. I. I'm gonna be a little honest, Miss Phoebe. She she will never listen to this, but also me. If you listen to this, she's listening. I have an axe to grind. She's listening. All right. So for folks who don't know, um, she was supposed to perform for a music festival, and it got canceled because mm -hmm. of the flooding down here. Mm -hmm. And so like literally within, I wanna say like 48 hours, they like planned this concert like really quickly. Um, and that's how I got to see her. So um, like to all the people who wanted to go to, I think it was Bonnaroo, yeah. yeah. Everyone who was really upset that it was canceled. I mean, I'm sorry, but at the same time, I'm not because I'm <laughs> selfish and I got to see Miss Phoebe Richards. <laughs> However, her set list was shorter than some of the other ones she's been doing most recently. So I was a bit bitter and I did not get one of my favorite songs live. The Georgia? Yeah, I didn't get Georgia live. How did I know? Trust um, she will it's, be dealt it's with. Not a one, I don't think it's one that she does live a lot. I know, I know, I know, I know. But trust she will be dealt with. Also, it I, was on one of her other, it was one of her most recent set lists that she played it and she didn't play Halloween this time. And I was very, Dave and I were very like bitter. not the best concert song though? I know, but she plays it. 
Okay. So, Miss Phoebe, I have an axe to grind. I, I really don't, though, because I you love you. Get over it. Yeah. I will get over it, but like, I. I won't be fully satisfied till I hear Georgia live, of course. And then quickly, of course, we have to talk about this single of the fall that they just dropped, Miss Phoebe. Oh, and Muna. And Muna. Yeah. Silk Chiffon. It it's is probably, the moment. It, it is probably one of the prettiest songs I've heard. And I hot It's just it. so fun and wonderful. Ugh. And the music video is so good. Um, and all of its, I mean, obvious references and allusions to, but I'm a cheerleader, which is a great, yes. great film. Did um, we watch that together? No, we did not. No, but we spoke about it on our queer film yes. podcast app. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, please do. I'll put it on the featured playlist thing that we have for this that I haven't updated in a while. Also, Sorry. apologies to, to all my neighbors and apologies, the people Ms. in the Girl. vicinity. Because I will be playing that song on a loop. They're going to text you and be like, yo, turn that shit up. <laughs> they're like that slams. please get on Zoloft or please get on Zoloft or leave this building <laughs> okay so what we're going to be talking about today is something that I am very passionate about and have been for a very long time it's kind of like a secret part of and me at this, and at the same time it's something so I love you. And I feel the same way about it. I have this deep like love, but at the same time I hate myself for it. It's cringy. It's a guilty pleasure. It's it really only aspects of it are guilty pleasures. Like so much of it is like wonderful. And then there's other aspects of it that are just god awful. And what we're talking about is Broadway slash, you know, live stage musicals. Yeah. Um and theater in general. Yeah. Because Girl, we are both yes. um, reformed theater kids, one could say. Me, maybe more so. I was a little bit more into theater, I think. You before. a lot more so. <laughs> a lot more so. And I want to show you something now that I have sitting next to me. It is a binder of all of my playbills. And this isn't even all of them. Oh, these are falling out. What? There's like 30 in here. And then I have like a different binder with my favorite playbills right here. So she has multiple binders, folks. I have I have two binders, which I guess is multiple, but just so you know how far it goes. My theater experiences started with the sixth grade don't, don't they all? when <laughs> don't they all i played the dog sandy from an annie you played the dog yes the and dog i sang a, i like the yeah, dog has I a sang. singing part i guess i don't remember <laughs> annie very well i i was the moment was i really though 
Probably not. But people adored me because I was like really short and tiny in sixth grade and cute and like we all are squishable. Could put me in a box, yeah. Um, Which they actually did. They put me in a box because I was a Christmas present towards the end of the well. Isn't that a damn metaphor? Isn't it? Isn't it? Um, So it started with that. And it ended with the seventh grade. I auditioned for the school <laughs> did musical. did it end very quickly? <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. I My theater kid days were very limited. And New for York good reason. rise and fall. <laughs> yes. I, um, I auditioned and I got the understudy for the lead role. And I realized I didn't want to dedicate my time to this. So I went to the director who they changed that year. I think she was newly hired. I remember her being really mean. Hmm. I was like, hi, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And she's like, well, you can't back out. I'm like, we didn't even start auditions. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I'm like, I'm 12. (laughs) Second of all, I'm like, we haven't even started rehearsal yet. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. She wanted me to to bring in a parent note. Oh, something wild like that, girl. I don't remember if I did or not, but I know I stopped going. (laughs) The hold she thought she had on me. Mm. I will go more into my theater experiences when we go through our top five. Perfect. I'm just so entrenched in it that I can't. I can't fully split myself from it. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. Um, But I wanted to start off, instead of doing a history segment, um, I wanted to read out loud a a review. It's a film review, but it's uh, the film is an adaptation of a stage musical, a popular stage musical for some reason. A cursed musical. A death all of them um i don't i i mean you're gonna know it's dear of enhancement is what we're talking about i don't like this musical i i'm glad the movie is apparently going to flop amy adams i can't keep defending you um there's just okay so i'm just gonna read it this is i think one of the more popular ones that's going around it's by david gordon from New York City okay, for Theater Mania. Yes. And Theater Mania is usually a pretty like positive like source for Broadway news. Like they're always pretty, you know, positive about developments and stuff or like they don't focus on too many negative things. So when I saw this on, I think it was Facebook, I was like, wow. The, the title of the review is Dear Van Hansen movie is so drab, so banal. Um, which is not um, not a good in- indictment here. Okay, so I'm just no. going to read it and I'll pause it as I see fit. Okay. All the movie musicals to come out this year, a surprisingly long list that includes In the Heights, Everybody's Talking About Jamie, and the forthcoming West Side Story, the buzz around the motion picture adaptation of the Tony-winning musical Dear Evan Hansen has been practically non-existent. The trailer was released without much fanfare. The promotion thus far has been minimal. It's almost like Universal is trying to sweep Dear Evan Hansen gently under the rug, a tactic that I didn't quite comprehend before I saw it, and which I deeply understand now having experienced it. <laughs> 
I didn't even know Universal was producing it. Interesting. Um, scripted by Tony winning book writer Stephen Levinson, directed by Stephen Chbotsky, uh, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, like the, the person who wrote it, um, and featuring yeah. a slimmed down song list by Tony winners Benji Pasek and Justin Paul, who I think are fucking hacks, by the way. That's me saying that, not the article. Um, <laughs> really funny though. <laughs> yeah, correction. That is my opinion. This is my insertion. I don't want to, you know, get anyone in trouble. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen is a dense musical about a white lie that spins out of control, the role of technology and the perpetuation of false narratives, the power of forgiveness, and the struggles so many people have with mental health. Evan, Ben Platt reprising his uh, Tony winning performance, is an anxiety ridden high school kid whose therapist encourages him to write motivational letters to himself every day. One of them detailing his secret crush on school chum uh, Zoe Murphy, Caitlin Dever, the film's most believable turn, is inter- intercepted by her loner brother Connor, Colton Ryan, a little too sweet, who subsequently kills himself. Trigger warning. Um, <laughs> desperately searching for answers and thinking it's a suicide note addressed to their son's secret friend Evan, Connor's parents, Amy Adams, and a distracted Danny Pino. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Damn. Um, welcome this unexpected guest into their lives and Evan doesn't stop them going to great lengths to prove their friendship while courting their daughter and figuring out how to come out of his shell. Of course, this fit balloons into a viral sensation about hope and perseverance when social outcast Alana, a manless Stenberg operating in a different, probably better film, uh, decides to start a suicide prevention foundation in Connor's name. I didn't even know Amanda was in this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> On stage. The, the, I want to know who the casting director was because it is the most a psycho. Unhinged. Probably yeah. Ben Platt's dad because he wouldn't have got the role unless his dad was involved in this because he was. He was a producer, like the producer. Yeah, that's why he's in it, by the way. Um, on stage, it's a tearjerker, a wrenching grief story for the grown-ups, and a generally frank examination of psychological issues that aren't really addressed in mainstream media to its plethora of young fans. I have arguments with that, but it's fine. Um, it strains credul- uh, credulity, sure, but that artifice of the proscenium and the radio-ready pop score carries it. We know it's not real, but we go with it anyway and provides a nice little catharsis into the moral gray area as we buy the cast album on the way out. I do own this cast album, by the way, because I did kind of like it when it came out. Um, Film is a different story. It's real, real. Evan's actions, which we sort of shrug off after seeing it on Broadway because they're presented with hints of ambiguity, are truly grotesque in celluloid. He's a Machiavellian villain in a story where he's written to be the hero. That. <laughs> That's a low blow. It's accurate. This push and pull between hero and villain would have been a more thoughtful re-examination of the show for the screen if the creative team wanted to put, put in the work, but instead they've given us a generally straightforward adaptation, which, to paraphrase one of the songs, is so drab, so banal, and desperately in need of editing. Even with four songs cut, it clocks in at a staggering two hours and 17 minutes? Ew. Which is almost longer than the stage version. No. No. Through excising songs like Anybody Have a Map, Good For You, and To Break In A Glove, awful songs good uh Lenton neuters the roles of the adults down to almost nothing a shame when you have fine actors like Adams and Julianne Moore plays the Bailey there role of Evan's working mom doing their best to find characters with extremely little more in particular does well with the ostensible uh, 11 o'clock number so big so small but the pathos is blunted by the lack of screen time it doesn't earn it on screen the way that it does on stage 
From opening the film with waving through a window to the new unnecessary number for Alana, the anonymous ones, co-penned and sung by Steinberg, uh, this has been refashioned entirely as a teen story devoid of really anything that gave it dramatic heft. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> that genuinely sucks. Um, there are aspects of Chbosky's cinematic expansion that work extremely well in a grim way. Sincerely me, where Evan and his uh, friend Jared, Nick Dodani doing his best Will Roland impression. I like Nick Dodani. Does not look like a child, but uh, create the fake emails from Connor becomes a colorful spectacle at an arcade. While uh, Zoe almost crashes her car with frustration during Requiem, these moments ex uh, excellently accentuate the piquant nature of the script, while the rest of it is created with a doe-eyed sincerity that goes against the darker hues. A new denouement, which is supposed to not let Evan off the hook but ease, uh, so easily, but involves him once again using Connor for his own means is particularly repellent. As for Platt, he's too old and his hair is a mess, but the film is actually a pretty good representation of what he did on Broadway, capturing the from-the-gut performance and impressive vocals that launched his career into the stratosphere. What it lacks, no fault of his own, is subtext. It's clear he understands what he's doing, but Chbosky never allows us to understand Evan's motivation. Without grounding his actions, Evan is just a monster, which is clearly not what they want us to walk away thinking. This could be a metaphor for the film of Dear Evan Hansen itself. Words fail, indeed. End of review. Ooh, that was brutal in the best way it like, deserves it honestly yeah. like like i said the the casting director director whoever he or she may be just throwing things at the wall and i don't know okay very quickly it's mm -hmm. obviously not in my top five so i could talk about it i did see dear evan hansen when i was on broadway you liked uh ben planet he was very good as deer <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did not see it with him. That was I saw it. I don't know. I I uh, <laughs> I I I don't know the actor's name who played Evan, they but he did a phenomenal. Same. Yeah, they did. They all date each all... other too. There's like four prior Evans, and like like two of them are each dating each other. Yeah. It's weird. It's getting weird. It, it, that's a little, um, a little too Freudian for my liking. <laughs> Not even Freudian. I don't even. It's dear Evan Hansen. -y. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the curse. I remember. So when I first saw the show, I really did enjoy it. Um, maybe like some of the music, some of the characters, and I think what the um, writer for this review was saying is so true and so accurate. I think it translates so differently from screen to like stage. Yeah. Um, well, because and the way they block so interior. And so- Yes, and the way they block yeah. things out on the show, again, was it my favorite? It's not even in my top five. It's, no. it's well done in certain aspects, but overall, yes, the story is very questionable. Mm the motives of the characters are very questionable and it's a little too exaggerated and I get it. It's a play and it's not real life, but if they're trying to discuss specific issues and like get into things like it's a little too, honestly, what dear Evan Hansen to me, it's basically the theater equ equivalent of a John Green novel. That's fair. I was going to say it's like those, those damn, 
things that you get when you're in high school, like where it's like a, a traveling theater crew, uh, troupe comes in and they're like doing stuff about like how you should bully and stuff. And it's just like, it's not okay to say that's so gay. Like it's that, but with slightly better music. Wait, why am I thinking of the Hillary? Why am I thinking of the Hillary Duff commercial? It's like (laughs) the anti-bullying one. (laughs) No, but exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do have to say, I... There is one song I love from the show and it was in the review. You said it. it's the one, I guess, Caitlin Dever who plays, I don't even know the girl's name. I don't know Zoe. what the character's name is supposed to be. Zoe, thank you. The song Requiem. Requiem's good. Lyrically, it's so it's such a beautiful song and I think it's so powerful because it's, it's one of those songs where it's so taboo because like towards the end of the song, she's basically expressing why are we showing so much sadness and love for someone who is kind of awful? Like she recognizes her brother was not a great person yeah, and no. she's able to feel these complex emotions. And it's like, wow. Yeah. She's like, I don't know if I miss him because I don't think I loved him because he was abusive to me. Yeah. Sucks. It's, it's a really powerful song. So I definitely want to hear Caitlin Devers version. I didn't even know she sang. Yeah, I guess she does. I, sh- I guess she's a triple threat. I, I guess so. So I'm going to have to just skip the movie and unfortunately I'll, give it a stream on I'll Apple probably, Music. yeah, watch it when it's out on something that I can stream it for free. Or We should watch together or... for a movie night. I guess we got to share our misery with each other. Yeah, like an unhinged movie night. It's like mm-hmm. when I try to watch, I think it was The Kissing Booth. That first <laughs> one, it probably took me six hours to watch it because I kept stopping and walking away. I'm like, I mm. really actually can't handle this. I feel like that's what's going to happen with this Dear Evan Hansen yeah. film. Especially but it's worth a shot. Two hours and 17 minutes. Mm. For what, Ma? For what? For what was Mama's? Apparently not enough. Julianne Moore and Amy Adams, which sucks. Like the mom is yeah, like one of the they- best characters in that show. And you're wasting Julianne Moore's time and talent. And that's a crime. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I ran it? Did I ever tell you I ran into Julianne Moore in Montauk a few years ago? No. I didn't talk to her. I was so intimidated. That's so cool. Oh yeah. She's, she's just as beautiful as you would think in person, but it was so weird. So I obviously was there in the summer and mm-hmm. I was at a coffee shop and I saw her come in. I didn't know who she was because I didn't see her face. I just saw her from the back. And again, it was like the dead, it was like the dead of summer, really hot out. And she was wearing like this like winter jacket almost. Hmm. It's so camp. Maybe it she is was so protecting camp. her skin for like a role. It's, or it's, for, no, for, it's like, so possible. And I literally was going to walk up to her because it was a really cute jacket and be like, oh my God, your jacket is so cute. And then I realized who it was because she turned around and I was like, oh my God, that's Julianne Moore. I love her. I would have said that I, anyway. I know. I didn't want to bother her and I didn't want it to like come off You're as like, You're not going up to like, I, like, you are. I love you. Just saying like, mm, cute jacket. Just like that. <laughs> cute, like that. Um, cute jacket, babes. Cute jacket vibes. Are you enjoying Bye. the live ball <laughs> in Montauk? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I think she has a house out there. She probably does. I would love to see the Architectural Digest. Oh, same. We um 
AD, y'all know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, okay. So, on to our ratings. Um, I'm going to let you go first because I just talked for so long. It's so to... fine. I'm actually going to say one more thing about Evan Hansen and I'm going to shut up about, about him forever. Deer, of course. Be- about the deer um because you when you're like oh i found this article like this review i was like oh my goodness am i thinking of the same one so someone tweeted about one you saw this tweet because you liked it Mm. we both liked it i saw that you liked it because it came up on my timeline and it's a vulture article written by nate jones and it says how old does ben platt look in dear evan hansen that's the title of the article yeah and the person tweeted literally can't think of a funnier way to begin this article the first sentence is in 2009 warner brothers released orphan <laughs> so funny <laughs> like journalists that journalist needs a raise i'm sorry <laughs> nate jones you, you deserve you deserve it all mm-hmm. anywho Going into our um, our ratings for Broadway shows, uh-huh. um, starting with number five. Okay, as we do. I actually chose an off-Broadway show. I also chose an off-Broadway show, so good for us. Look at us. Kudos to us. Look at us thinking outside the box. Hell yeah. Um, so I saw the show in 2016, and that's when it ended. It was like a two-year run at different productions and stages off Broadway. It's called The Woodsman. And I've ever heard of this. Yeah. So basically it is the backstory of the Tin Woodsman from The Wizard of Oz. And it, it was so fascinating because it was all like puppeteer work. Oh. And it it was silent. Wow. This is, like, this very much interests me. Oh, it was so good. Like, I wish it was still on. I'd go see it again. um, Like I said, so, it like, you, a story was told through art. Like, literally told through art. There was Mm -hmm. no dialogue. There was no singing. The only sounds that were made, I think, were, um, again, through, like, the puppets or mechanisms they used. It was just so visually beautiful, and told such a fascinating story and you couldn't help but fall in love with the characters and like just the plot itself. And it was, again, it's an off-Broadway show. So it wasn't like a big theatrical production. It was in Mm -hmm. a tiny theater and it just felt so close and intimate. And I just remember it being like such a special night and like just such a good show. I remember leaving it like blown away. That sounds so special. And so it was interesting. And I'm so happy. I've never seen anything like that. The only reason I found out about it was like through an email. Like I had like the emails from all these like different Broadway ticketing companies, mm-hmm. and I got an email for the show. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I've never heard of it, and it's closing soon. And then I looked into it. And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm gonna buy a ticket, and I'm so happy I did. Yeah, I used to get emails about that stuff, and I would sometimes go to things um, that were really mm-hmm. interesting, and I wouldn't have otherwise seen, like The Woodsman. Wow. Yeah. Now I got to like find articles and videos and stuff on it. Cause yes, if you can, because it is, I think I forget the name of the creator. Like he created the show and everything, the puppeteering. Yeah. I follow him on social media. He's like a really cool guy. And I know 
do I know? I want to say he has like behind the scene videos like on YouTube, like mm-hmm. for like theatrical type trailers of like how it works and like the like the coming together of the story and everything. And it's just so fascinating to watch. Um, he's just like a true artist and a creator, and I find it so intriguing. That's like the best way to put it. Yeah. Okay. My number five is an actual musical. It has never been on Broadway, but it should. Um, mm. And it's an adaptation of a beloved, for me at least, Disney musical. And it is Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm. Are we surprised? Probably not. No. I no. There was a good year and a half of my life that I devoted to spreading the good word about this musical slash reading a lot of Victor Hugo's essays and stuff. Um, I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. But I am. So this was only ever on Off-Broadway. They There's a YouTube version. Like, it was recorded, and it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. I think that's the one that was at the La Joya uh, Theater. There's also one at the Paper Mill Playhouse, I believe. Um, and it's a pretty good recording. Like, it's it's watchable. And it's not, like, look like it was, like, recorded on a potato or anything like that. Um mm. Uh, the musical is so good. Like the music in the original film, I think is like some of the best work that Alan Menken has ever done on a Disney film. And I will stand by that. I think that's the correct opinion. Um, it's just so dark and layered and rich in ways that like other, other Disney musicals could never, um, I kind like I think everyone knows what this is about, so I'm not even gonna read my little description of it. Mm. <laughs> and it doesn't really differ that much from the movie, except that some of the characters are just given more backstory and more to do, which is good. Like I would argue, it's better than the movie. Um, what was your favorite song from it? I have my top tracks for all of the shows I'm going to mention. So my top tracks, and this is like one of my top songs of Spotify of all time that uh, is out there, which is by Quasimodo. It's right at the beginning of the musical. Um, Michael Arden sings it and it's, it's emotional. It's an emotional journey. It's a belter. You gotta put the windows down and belt this out you're feeling like an outcast um there's also god help the outcast which is like if you have any type of religious guilt or this is reli- track for problems you. with religion this is the track for you vibes it's a track <laughs> for you um in a place of miracles is a song that is not in the original movie but is in this and it's so beautiful and it makes me cry. Um, I cannot emphasize enough how good the extended soundtrack is. Um, the cast is so good. Again, Michael Arden is in it and he is fantastic. And Patrick Page plays uh, Claude Frollo. Um, mm. And he's so good and scary. And I love Patrick Page. Um, 
So I would say I'd recommend it to anyone who, like, if you're, like, not that into theater or musicals, like, this is a good starting point because it's, like, Disney, I was going to say it's so a good transition one. Yeah. You already know the story and it's, like, accessible on YouTube. Um, and it's just, it's an easy story to follow, I think. It's fun and it's sad, but it's, it's good. It's great. It's got all the emotion. It's got everything, babe. I got everything, babe. I relate to Quasimodo so much. It's probably not healthy. That's my number five, babe. Oh, love it. Um, on to number four for me. This is so. This is so unhinged. <laughs> my number four. I, I don't think anyone is because <laughs> I'm gonna go into my trauma. Okay. I'm, I'm, we're we're. We are trauma exploring with this one. It, my number four is, new, is Newsies. <gasps> I love Newsies. Great show. Okay, so in terms of trauma, I need to express. <laughs> it is really important that everyone at home knows I was a closeted gay when I saw the show. Mm. So little teenage me didn't probably didn't fully understand why I loved it so much until grown up me reflects back and I'm like, oh, it's a bunch of young, attractive gay men on stage. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was like a lot to process as I grew up. I was like, okay, this is making more sense. This is- That's uh, why I was so into it. Yes. Besides that though, it's a great storyline. Mm-hmm. It's got the historical fiction mm-hmm. um, with actual, like, you know, I don't even know if the historical fiction is like the right word because a lot of it is an accurate portrayal and some of the characters it, are It's re- based real in people. truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's based on a true story. Uh, the Newsboy Strike and do you know what year it was? It was in the 19 the 1800s correct well it was oh yeah because it was before uh teddy roosevelt was president it was when he was still like governor mayor yeah and i think he became president yes. in 1900 ish mm-hmm. so yeah so it was like oh yeah late, i think it was like the 1890s late yeah. 1800s um i don't know it's just i so i saw it twice on broadway uh, it ran, the show ran from 2012 to 2014. And it just has like a great message too behind it. And I think it's great for all ages because that's that idea of like empowering one another and using your voice to stand up for yourself. Now is the time um, to seize the day. It is. It's very inspiring. It really makes you want to like it, join a union. <laughs> it really, <laughs> it really is inspiring. It's so sad that all it took was a couple gay twinks to dance around the stage, sing their silly little songs. And now and we have I, Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we have, <laughs> they are the reason. Literally, but like, why was I so enthralled? You know, I'll tell you why. You are gay. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the songs are bops. Some, um, pretty much all of them, except for the one where he's getting his hair cut. Yeah. Everything I else, know exactly where you're talking about. No skips. About. 
yeah, it is a almost immaculate album. Again, it's at number four because once when, and for all. <laughs> she's getting inspired. I had, folks. I had, I had um, an interlude. <laughs> I definitely 17, 16 year old me, however old I was when I first watched it. Um, this probably would have been my number one, but obviously like I grew past that. And it's like, it's, I still appreciate and love the show for what it was and the memories it did bring me. And like, in the same sense, maybe like subtly subconsciously helping me find, come to terms with my identity. Um, there's also, oh, I don't know why. <laughs> chills both times they're sort of the show the song something to believe in where it's the the duet between the the lead male um and uh i'm forgetting their names that's why i'm like Jack gendering be like and the man and the woman i don't know their Ka- names thank Catherine? you something like that for some weird reason god knows why i you would think like i'm like I think in that moment, I, I questioned bisexuality. Wow. In that I slight mean, moment. Fair. Yes. That's fair. It, it is a, for some weird reason, it is like a, it's like, whoa, oh my goodness. You're just sitting there, the vocals, they're serving. And then you're like, I'm like, wait, no, I'm just so gay that I'm being turned on by both their vocals. It's, it's okay. better not awaken anything in me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> uh, me, me and my prime teenagehood, like thinking that to myself, I'm like, what am I feeling right now? And why is it towards both of them? Mm, that's, but that's fair. We, we cleared it up, babe. It's just me being over traumatic. Any whoms, that's my number four. That's a solid pick. I love Newsies. That's in my honorable mentions. And I nice. hadn't seen it. Like the first time I saw it is when it was in theaters, like the recording of it mm. um, when it was on tour. With like Jeremy Jordan and all, all that rabble. Um, and that um, was like maybe four years ago. And that was the first time I had seen it. I knew some of the songs and I was like, yeah, they're awesome. But I didn't know the story and I like fell in love with it. Um, it's great. It's a good story. It's great. It's a great That's... story. Um, like a solid, solid story. Um, so my number four, you know, speaking of Patrick Page. Um, my number four is Hades Town, which is currently on Broadway. Um, yes, it Reeve is. Reeve Carney is also in it. Who Reeve. we gotta get on the pod. Our, our boy Reeve. Our boy, uh, Eva Eva Nozada, who is there is dating Reeve Carney in real life. Yes. I think still. Um, Andre De Shields is in it. And he's fantastic. Amber Gray, who I love, is also in it. She plays Persephone. Um, so um, for those who don't know what it's about, it's a musical with the music lyrics and book by Anais Mitchell, who's awesome. Um, it tells a version of the ancient Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, where Orpheus goes to the underworld to rescue his lover, Eurydice. Orpheus is played by Reeve. Uh, Eurydice is played by Eva. And Patrick Page plays Hades. Andre DeShields plays Hermes. Amber Gray plays Persephone. And those are like 
the main players. Um, I think it is the most beautiful and heart-wrenching thing on Broadway right now. It deserves every single award it's won, and it's won a lot. It, like, swept at the Tonys, which, good. Um, My top tracks are Wait For Me, All I've Ever Known, and Epic 3. There's a few epics in there, but because basically the whole time Orpheus is writing this song to help the world spin again because the world's been kind of out of whack for a while um, and his song is going to change the world. So he has a few epics where he's singing. Is this based on real life? (laughs) The world is out of whack. No, like it's very topical. There's a whole, I mean, Hades' whole thing in this is that like he's like, kind of a controlling businessman who's building his town oh, I like, love factory. That. I love that. And there's a whole song called like why we build the wall. And it's like uh Yike. Yike. and like this came out like in the Trump years. It was um in the Trump years. Yeah. I mean it was written in like the 2000s. So it was written far yeah. before that, but <sighs> It's a, it's really is one of those soundtracks that you put on if you really want to have a good cry because it's so beautiful and poignant and heartbreaking. Um, it gives me hope. And I'll explain what, what I mean by that. I mentioned the show and the myth of uh, Orpheus and Eurydice a lot because, you know, either if you're rereading a book, rewatching a film, rewatching a series, um, you know how it's going to end, but you're watching the characters and you're like, maybe this time they'll do something else and it won't be sad. And some like this thing won't happen. This person won't die. Um, that's something, there's something so beautiful about that in storytelling that if you tell the story over again, you can still hope for a different outcome. Um, yeah. We know every time Orpheus is going to turn around and Eurydice is going to disappear and be trapped in the underworld forever. Spoilers, even though the story's been around for literally thousands of years. Um, but we still hope that he's not going to turn around. We still think maybe this time he won't. We tell the story again and again because we have that hope. And like that's one of the major themes of the musical, basically. It's just like, it's a sad song. It's an old story, but we're going to tell it again just because we hope it'll turn out different this time. Um, yeah, this musical honestly uh, got me through a lot of the pandemic because it's just like basically spring will come again. Persephone will come back up from the underworld. She'll always fill our cups and spring will come again despite the fall and the winter telling mm. you otherwise. And isn't that just beautiful? And it, like I say, all this description you've been giving me, because I really honestly don't know much about the play. I knew very minimal about it. It's just very poetic and very beautiful. It is so beautiful. Like, I just, you have to listen to it to fully, like, I, I'm only, it's the tip of the iceberg. And just like, yeah, you know, you're going to see as someone who, she's so young, but the world is like, you know, told her that everyone's going to turn on her, that she doesn't have anyone, 
and then she meets Orpheus and it's like, oh, this is what it's like to be loved by someone. Yeah. Like, though this is this is what the world is. Like the only thing that matters is being in my lover's arms and ouch, <laughs> you know? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. But I'm fine. I'm not crying. That's my number. That's my number four. Number four. Um, so going on to my number three, I'm going to talk very briefly about it because it's one most people know. Okay. Probably one of the most popular ones. Uh, my number three is Wicked. I was going to say, do you have Wicked on your list? <laughs> of course I do. I love Wicked. Um, it's, in, it's in my top three for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Broadway show I've seen the most. I've only seen it once, but it was a great time at the old. I've seen it. Gersh. I've seen it five times. <gasps> five times? I've seen it five times. Okay. Um, You're saying that I'm more of a theater person than you. I'm sorry. I've never seen a single show five times. I, so there's an exception. I don't think you can explain yourself out of this. <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I can't, I'm not going to, I'm going to explain myself, but not out of it necessarily. Mm-hmm. So Wicked will always be such a special show to me because of my love for the Wizard of Oz. For those who don't know me super well, it's probably we one of my favorite movies, <laughs> my all time favorite movie. Um, so I just love this story. It's really great. It's a um, great story. It's so interesting. It's, it differs it's so the fun too. Good amount. Yeah, it's, it. I just love. I have not. Mm. I um. Are you talking about the Wicked book? Yeah, not the Wizard okay. of Oz. I'm talking about yeah. Wicked. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say I'm like I've read the Wizard of Oz. I haven't attempted to read Wicked. Um, I just love the story because it's that idea of perception and perspective, and it really takes a fun lens. Um. And I don't know, it's such a, yeah, there's just so many more emotions involved and you really feel for some of these characters. You fall in love with them, you hate them, you feel a little bit of everything. And of course, it's one of those productions where it's out of this world in terms of just like theatricality. Mm -hmm. Um, So interesting. I love to bring this up on the podcast because I definitely don't think this is going to be like a popular song of choice for like one of my favorite songs. Um, so one of my favorite songs from the show is actually the first song in the second, second act that's called Thank Goodness. Thank goodness. I love that song so much because I don't even know if I love it lyrically as like a song. I just love that scene because I think it is mm. so, in, it's so powerful because it, it really hits home for like, everyone in that audience because it really proves the notion of like be careful what you wish for Mm. because glinda's character basically gets everything she wants everything she's ever wanted she has she doesn't and she's miserable she doesn't have her bestie yeah she doesn't have her bestie she's unhappy with her man's and she has all this power and she realizes like 
I don't know, like the, there's a line where she says, cause getting your dreams is strange, but it seems a little complicated. And she goes on to like describe how there's all this loss that comes with it. And it doesn't really make up for what you really wanted in the end. And like literally every time I watch the show, I'm like so blown away by that scene. And I know it's like anyone, any normal human who goes to see Wicked does not remember that song or that scene. But I do, I, but I've also listened to the soundtrack a million times. So. Yeah, I think it's, again, it's one of those, like, self-introspection in, um, type songs where it's, like, I think in the point of my life when I first, first saw the show and consecutively saw the show, it just stuck out to me because, it, again, it was that idea of, like, discovery for myself. And it's, like, hey, it's so true. Like, I feel like time and time again, I'm always proved, like, you always want to be careful what you wish for because it isn't always what it seems in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally love Glinda's character. I think she's one of my favorites in the show. She's she... given so much to like do emotionally, and it and you know with the vocals too. She is such an yeah. interesting character. I mean, they both are. Like, they, I I would say they're both the leads in that. I mean, it feels like it's more Alphabet show, and the book definitely is more Alphabet. Like, Glinda's barely in it. And actually the character who like gets her, you know, relationship with Elphaba is Bach, actually, in the book, who is like I her best Bach. friend and stuff. I in the in the book, he's great. In the musical, I wanna lay him out. He's a dick. Um Oh, for sure. I don't like Bach in the musical. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's different, the 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 book. Still good, different, darker. Much as darker. much as he is a dick in the show, he's so human. That's why I love his character because it's like he's yeah. this short little munchkin who is like obsessed with someone who will never like reciprocate those feelings. And I feel like everyone's been there at least once. And then it's the whole idea of where, yeah, he's a dick because he like, goes for someone he's maybe not so interested in. It's and he like, like pity. quote unquote. Yeah, it's out of pity and he like settles. He's like, oh, like I guess this works. But there's something so interesting about that like dynamic. And then obviously like no spoilers what happens with that relationship dynamic as the show progresses. Um, Everyone is just so human. And like their yeah, flaws are it, very relatable in the show. Yeah, and they're there and they're yeah, all perfectly just, balanced and at odds with each other. Me saying, really, oh, I'm not going to... cleverly written. Me, me talking about, oh, I'm not really going to talk about the show. Me, like, 20 minutes later. Sorry, well, it's, everyone. It's, it, a, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rich text. I'll say it that. really... It is, it is a rich text. I... It could be a... It literally to could, it. I might tonight, honestly. If I'm I come not. back to New York... Let's go oh, see and, it. And they're <laughs> I'll, freaking, I'll go they're for making the, the movie of it. Yes, which, which I'm very cool. I'm excited for it. I want to be excited, but you know, anything, anytime they take something like that and put it to screen, it's let's not you know, have not a guaranteed to be on our hands. Please, for for I've, all that is good and holy, let's have a Chicago on our hands. That mm. movie is so good. Let's have a mm-hmm. Chicago. I think Anyways, I, depending on who they cast as the leads and making sure that James Corden goes nowhere near it, 
I think it'll I be good. I swear to God, I will fly <laughs> down to Burbank, California myself. I will find that little hole in the wall where they were holding auditions. And I will start swinging on someone. I swear to God, if they About even to beat like- this bitch up. <laughs> I really am if they're going to mention his name there. He is not allowed. He is done. No, he he is done. Um, okay. My number three is a fun one. It's a very fun musical. Um, it's probably one of the happier ones on my list. And that is Something Rotten. Um, Ooh, that is a fun one. I've I'm, never I'm seen pretty, it, but I've always heard really good things about it. I've seen it twice on Broadway, once off-Broadway. Like, it was touring. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's the show that caused me to become an English major. Um, it inspired my love of Shakespeare and so many other things in my life. Like it, it's um, it's definitely the catalyst there, I would say. Um, and so I'll give you a little bit of a description of the show for those who haven't seen it. So it's set in the 1590s, uh, the Renaissance, if you will. Uh, brothers Nick and Nigel Bottom are desperate to write a hit play, but are stuck in the shadow of that Renaissance rock star known as the Bard, a.k.a. Shakespeare. Um when a local soothsayer foretells the future of theater involves singing, dancing, and acting at the same time, Nick and Nigel set out to write the world's very first musical. But amidst the scandalous excitement of opening night, the Bottom Brothers realize that reaching the top means being true to thine own self and all that jazz. So essentially, to beat Shakespeare, they go to a soothsayer and they're like, the soothsayer says, the, he says, he says, he says that you got to write a musical to be at the top. And so they're like essentially trying to create the musical throughout the entire thing, but also like with the plot of like the vague plot of Hamlet, which is very funny. Mm. Um, it is literally the funniest show I've ever seen, like funnier than Book of Mormon, funnier than Avenue Q wow i'm dead ass there is so at a certain point in the show shakespeare infiltrates uh like the bottom brothers acting troupe to try and get intel on what they're doing and he puts on like a fat suit and he says his name's toby um and when he reveals himself as actually shakespeare <laughs> he like takes off like the fake mustache and the fat suit and he goes toby or not Toby and it was the funniest line in all of human history I it is so goddamn funny and I think about the, it the, the world the world paused in that moment like seriously it's such good wordplay it's a good setup and punchline oh so good um the cast let's talk about the cast we've got Brian Darcy James who has done a lot of screen stuff recently He's, uh, he was in 13 Reasons Why. He was in, I feel like, a superhero thing. I'm not 100% sure on that. But, so he was, like, the main guy in it. I went and saw it during one of its last shows. Um, and they pull us, like, they have, like, these folding chairs for this couple. And, like, because we're in, like, the back row of the orchestra uh, all the way to the stage right. But we're to the left. Um and they're sitting like, you know, behind us, behind the aisle. And I'm like, that's weird. And like, they're talking to them like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I turn around, I'm like, I think that's Brian Darcy James. Like the guy who originated the main role. 
in this show my my siblings were like oh my god you gotta go say hi I'm like no I'm scared and I really regret not saying hi because it was it was him and his wife um and he was there at one of the last shows to support everybody and that made oh, me oh that's so sweet of him you should have said hi but again that was my that was my Julianne Moore moment that really we was both, we, I we yeah, learned that was my Julianne Moore moment um Christian Borle is also in it and he's had a lot of roles on Broadway um he was in <sighs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory he played the Willy Wonka uh he was in Legally Blonde he played Emmett and he's been in other stuff he's also been in like movies and tv shows I think as well he's like a big name in the in the Broadway community you also have Heidi Blickenstaff who I think is one of the greatest voices on Broadway right now and it needs more roles um my top tracks if you're just gonna listen to a few out of context but you shouldn't because they might not make sense is yes a musical is one of the tracks hard to be the bard great wordplay and like it's like one of the finale songs something rotten slash make an omelet there's a lot of egg puns in it which if you're a fan of eggs an egg punnery man is this the musical for you um i love it i got my best friend gina hooked on it she loves it because of me she has thanked me many times for introducing it your your influence i really i'm an influencer um, i'm an i'm an influencer whatever <laughs> anyway what's your number two my number two uh the only no I was about to say the only reason this can't be number one, it, it can't be, but it's so, my number one and my number two are really neck and neck with each other. Yeah, me too. Um, so my number two is actually, I want to say, like, I don't have it on, like, on the record, but it's definitely one of the most short-lived Broadway shows. It was only on Broadway for a few months. Yes, literally. A few months. Bonnie this and Clyde. One. What? This is my number two, Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, you know, I've heard really good things about Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, so I did not personally get to see it on Broadway, unfortunately, because mm. I only found out about it after. So I saw it online a few a few times. Mm. Obsessed with the soundtrack is an understatement. When I was in high school, I think it was my junior year, I listened to it on loop, like, religiously. Like, I probably worshipped this album. Good. It is so fantastic. Um, this stage production was so cool. It was so minimal, but also so beautiful. And what I really love about the show was I did some like digging, obviously when I really got into the show. Bonnie and Clyde were they, real people. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you believe? Like for real? No, but so what they did so much research for this show to make mm -hmm. it as accurate as they possibly could. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, they did a lot of research and like just the, um, there's so much emotion in that show where I hate to say it, 
but also it just shows they did good research and like they got to learn about these characters who were actual people. So they got to learn them on a human level and find out all about their, their histories, their backgrounds, where they grew up, all this stuff. You sympathize with them so much. And that's why I love the show. Like, obviously, Bonnie and Clyde are the famous duo. And, like, technically, I guess they're villains. It's they're fair to say. They're not good people. But I would say you definitely sympathize more with, like, Bonnie. Because she was so young yes. when she was pulled into it. Also, it just, like, her motivation for everything. She was definitely... Manipulated is not the right word, maybe. But, like... Mm, she was coerced. Kind of. I mean, how yeah. old was he? He was a little bit, like, there was a little bit of a weird age difference, correct? Um, I'm gonna look it up. I have to double check that. I don't. Yeah, I don't really remember. It's the fact that Bonnie really wanted to be like a star. She mm-hmm. wanted to be a famous actress. Like that was her dream. That was her goal. And like everything that she did was leading up to that. Like that moment of stardom. That's how she felt. Um, and she truly loved Clyde. Yeah, so she was 19, he was 21. So that's really not that bad. I thought he was yeah, like in his 20s so, and she was like 18. No, no, no. Yeah, they were not too far apart. But it's just, I don't know, like I said, you really feel for these characters and you understand especially what Bonnie does. Clyde's a little like, he definitely had like, a bad seed with like just sown within him from like an early age. Um, just the, you know, the violence and the going out of his way to want to do these things. But again, but it's so much too hot. about their, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's so much. Um, I'm like, uh, um, it's so much about their love for one another and uh, how unhealthy it is but at the mm. same time, how you like, I don't know. It's just so, there's so much nuance to it, especially yeah. like Bonnie's character and how she feels for her husband and how she doesn't want to leave him. Even when things get dangerous, my favorite scene, there's two scenes in the show I'm completely obsessed with. And I've probably watched more than 20 times um this my favorite song from the show is dying ain't so bad it's called mm-hmm. and it's the moment right before bonnie and clyde are going to be caught and she knows she has like at most days left of her life like she knows she's going to die and the whole point of the song is like dying's not a bad thing if i'm going out with the one i love and if I got to do all these things I wanted to do. And it's such a like, it's one of those like power ballad songs. It's mm-hmm. so, it's so pretty because it goes from like soft to like more intense. And it's just such a emotionally charged scene. Cause like I said, like their their death is so imminent and they both know it and she's so aware of it. And she's like come to terms with it. Um, and then shortly after, like within this like similar scene frame is obviously for people who don't really know too much about Bonnie and Clyde, um, Clyde's brother and his wife were like kind of involved with them as well. They got sucked into it. Um, 
And so there's this scene where Clyde's brother gets shot like fatally and is like dying in his wife's arms. And it's such a like, it's so tragic because it's like he was like, he, he was on the path of goodness for so long and his brother brought the badness that they, the two of them were raised and like getting themselves into trouble. Um, and so the wife recognizes that and she was, is so upset because she knew like her husband could have walked away from everything. And so she like sings this like little interlude where she's almost like praying to God to like, these are his last breaths, like save him and show him the light. And it's so heart wrenching because like, obviously it's a show, but like, it's just so it's like, wow. Like I feel like, the acting is just so impeccable where I'm like, wow, this guy is like dying on stage. Um, and just the way the show ends and it begins is so circular. It, it's like a full circle moment. How the show starts is how it ends. It is so phenomenal. Like I cannot recommend it enough. Like even if you hate theater, even if you hate musicals, it's one of those shows that you just need to say. I'm probably going to listen to the soundtrack just it's so I can so get a good. taste. Just um, a little wet the appetite. I've heard that the book is really good. Like the book for the show. Not like that it's yeah. based off a book, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, the fictitious characters of Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> yeah. They're not real. Um, so my number two, it's a it's a famous one. Everyone knows oh. this one. Oh. It might be one of the most famous musicals of all time. And it's still my number two. Um, and everyone who knew me in high school knows that I love this show. So that is the fan of the opera. Oh, I mean, classic, classic. What can I even say about it? It hasn't been said. I don't know. The only um, reason it is not on my list is because I've never seen the Broadway show. That's a crime. It Straight is a crime. I understand that. Straight to jail. If you've just seen the movie and not the show, you haven't I, seen listen, it. Listen, I am, I am just as depressed as you are. I've been dying to see it on Broadway. Just watch never, the 25th well, anniversary I can't say never. version. No, it's not the same. No, no, not the same. No, it's pretty close. I'll tell you that much. Okay, so basically, <laughs> I wrote a little spiel about it. I cried while writing this. We'll get into it. Getting into it, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the show that like got me into music and Broadway in general. Like, so growing up, like once a year, my family we'd go into the city and we'd see a show, and it was usually like whatever Disney was producing at the time, or like whatever was family friendly. Even the one time my family did take us to see a chorus line when I was like seven, and I was like, "What's this?" And my dad was like, "I'm not explaining it." Um, anyway, so on Netflix, when I was like a sophomore in high school, uh, there was the 25th anniversary edition of Femme of the Opera. It was like a concert at the Royal Albert Hall. And I remember watching it and feeling my life change in a way that I haven't experienced that in a while. Yeah. Um, so this version had... Rami and Karamloo as Phantom, uh, Sierra Bajas as Christine. I just fell in love with this show. I, you know, my sophomore year of high school was kind of when I like 
experienced depression for the first time. Um, and this show, watching this and then listening to the soundtrack a million times afterwards was like, it helped me get back into life. Like it gave me something to be excited about, which was like awesome. Like, and I don't think I really realized that until now, like reflecting on that time. It was just like, oh, give me something to be excited about. Um, it showed me that, you know, art can be larger than life, that it doesn't matter how many times you experience it, it can like hit your soul again and again and again. And every time I come back to the show, I still feel the way that I felt the first time I watched it, which is incredible, honestly. Um, like, it's just so magical. I've seen it on Broadway three times. Uh, once with Sierra Bodges actually as Christine, which was, oh, she's just like kind of made for that part. She's like, a star. Sarah Brightman originated the role and she's great, but Sierra Bodges is a star. Um, and like Michael Crawford, he's great as the Phantom, but like Ramin is fucking amazing. And Norm Lewis, who I saw twice as a Phantom, is a powerhouse, Jesus Christ. Um my top tracks even though they're all fantastic um the music of the night which will be played at my wedding oh like so good all i ask of you also will be played at my wedding um and the finale which is like 17 minutes long or something um it's a good one is so emotional so wait at your wedding Instead of dancing with your husband, you're dancing with me to one of these songs. Which one is it? I mean, probably the music of the night, since all I ask of you is like romantic. That's so true. I I take it. That I can't is, be a hag at my wow. own wedding. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way Any we're gonna serve. Any other day of the year, fine. The way we're gonna serve at your wedding, they're gonna they're gonna think it's better than the first dance. Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> the way I'll have more chemistry. <laughs> Don't say that. Um, if this show ever I closes, did. you will not hear from me for weeks, perhaps years. Because I mean, oh, that's what happened when that's what that's what happened when Newsies closed. Yeah. I would I I entered a deep depression. When your favorite show closes solid- on Broadway, it does something to you. Oh, and wait till I get to my number one. What, 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 what happened to me? Oh, same thing with my number one. But I mean, it's the longest running show on Broadway ever. It beat Cats. So Andrew Lloyd Webber beat Andrew Lloyd Webber for the title. Big surprise there. Um, Big, big surprise. I love it. I, I can't wait to see it again. Every single time the freaking chandelier falls. Oh, Great. Fantastic. Um, when Snaps are you going? The she's a star. <laughs> she, she runs that show. <laughs> when are you going again so I can go? I need to see this. I don't know. I haven't made any plans to see anything yet. Because Broadway... So the reason we're actually doing this is because Broadway just reopened up. Um, yeah. Like a week ago. Or, yeah, like last Sunday was the, f- oh, no, no, it was like, yeah, like a week ago, the first show 
opened back up. It was a waitress. Um, and it's emotional. So I'm glad people are seeing shows again. It's been sorely missed. Yeah, it has been. Are we ready for number one? I'm so ready for your number one, babe. Um, it's definitely, I would say, shocking to most people. Maybe. Because I don't... I, it's just a show I don't talk about enough. Okay. Especially because it's definitely... It wasn't one that was, like, polarizing or, like, so popular that everyone talked about it. It was had a three-year run so it was on the shorter side but my number one it has my heart and soul forever is once um i you know i know a lot of people who absolutely love like they're not they don't like musicals but they love once it it i always say that is, yeah, literally, I always describe to people, I'm like, listen, you don't have to like Broadway or like musicals, but go see once. It is just so magical. I actually, the first time I saw it, I, me and my, my sister went together and she's not really, like she likes some musicals, but I wouldn't categorize her as a Broadway or musical type person and mm-hmm. she liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, but for those who don't know what the story is about, I love the fact that the two main characters are not named. They don't have it's names. Literally guy and girl. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in Dublin, Ireland. And Guy is basically a struggling musician who, who is looking for just purpose, I guess, in life in more ways than one. And then girl is just passing by she is not native to ireland she's i want to say she's czech yes yeah she's definitely like from one of those types of countries she's czech and i think she's yes the whole purpose they're running she's trying to get her hoover fixed She's trying to get her vacuum fixed. Mm-hmm. And Once is a show that is a love story, but not a love story. And there's so many emotions in it. And it's such a fun show. It's The music is super folky, which I love, 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 love. Like it's easy person. listening, but so emotional. It is. It's not like theatrical Broadway where it's like- It's not like no big showstopper. It's, yeah, it's just folk music. It's, it's so all beautiful. Um, and what was really fun about when you go to see the show, so the stage, was they turned it into a bar before the show starts, mm-hmm. so you can actually go out there and get a drink and watch the band. There's like a band on there playing, and then love it that. transitions right into the show. I love that kind of interactive theater. Uh, so it makes It makes good. the space accessible and very it does. intimate. Yes, my favorite. So I saw the show twice. Not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I found out it was closed. I saw it in its last month because I found out it was closing. So, of course, I had to go see it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not get to see it with the original Broadway cast. However, both times I saw it was... You can't go wrong with like the people they cast for that show. No. They always just do a great job. Yeah, whoever's however, on Broadway is going to be good. Yeah. However, in terms of talking about the 
original cast, Steve Kazee, who, Whew. so good. He's so um, good. His voice is so beautiful. I, I'm going to butcher her last name to this day. I still don't know how to say it. Is it Kristen Milioti or Milioti? It's Milotti. Is there Milotti? an I in there? Yeah, it's M-I-L-I-O-T-I. Oh, maybe it's It could Milioti. be Milotti. Yeah. So the mom for from most people, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah, most people would know her from How I Met Your Mother. She was also in that movie with Andy Samberg, Palm, Palm Springs, Springs, which is a... Fantastic. So film. good in that. Top tier. Um I she just doesn't come across as it, but she's a singer. Like she was the lead in that I show. Mean, I thought she was known for her singing. Like she's done other singing roles. And she sings Oh, has she? That's like her whole thing on How I Met Your Mother. She's singing uh La Vie en Rose. Hmm. So I didn't know this, I guess, going into really. I didn't know much about her when you I was... You didn't know the, the Chris Milioti she... lore? <laughs> I didn't, especially because I was a teenager. Yeah, um, how would you? IMDb didn't exist. I, yeah, I <laughs> wish I got to see it with her in it. Yeah. Because obviously I have the, the Broadway cast album. And like, the chemistry is like insane. Oh, no matter who plays it. But so... Focusing on her because of my favorite song she sings, it's called uh, The Hill. And it's this really poignant and beautiful moment in the show where she realizes she has feelings for Guy, but she isn't necessarily available to him and their relationship isn't really going to work out and she knows she has to leave and go back home and so she's by herself in this room playing the piano and singing about it and he comes in towards the end of the song and here's what she's saying about him mm. and literally like the whole audience like you just all everyone wants to just die at once you're I'm just like, like wow, i, I this would kill is... myself <laughs> yeah yeah it's so <laughs> heartbreaking and it's very much what I love about the show so much is it's such a realistic ending and it's mm -hmm. so beautiful at the same moment. And like the finale, just everything about it is magic. And I really hope they bring it back to Broadway one day. Um, Cause I will never get over that show. And it is a movie. Like, it is also a movie. A yes. lot of Broadway However, does not compare to the Broadway show. No, because you don't have that same like intimacy with the stage. Yes. And... It, like, it's just like even theater. just like this the scripting the the, the like oh like nothing compared to that show it's i yeah. i will die on that hill i will die on the once hill you'll be running up that hill making a deal with god and asking him to put once back on broadway i will <laughs> um, i'll do it i, I don't care I how many arrows to have to go it. through my back i would so love to bad. see it on broadway because i never did i've just seen the movie and it was a while ago i really need to rewatch mm. it it came out in like 2013. No, maybe. I don't remember. I watched it maybe a few months ago. Oh, I, it came I, out in 2007? Yes, that makes more sense. I can't sit there and watch it because literally, like, it just angers me that I will never be as good as the Broadway show. Like, I. I have to separate myself from that movie. I watched it once to say yeah. I watched it and to, like, be able to say it, but I can't go back to it. It's a good, like, introduction to the show, I guess, but, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so my number one similarly had a, a shortened run, shorter than it deserved. Uh, when it closed, it broke my heart. And it also had that kind of intimate feel. Um, and that is, and again, if you knew me in college, you know, uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. This show mm. means so much to me. And it still does. It was my personality for two years, <laughs> essentially. It's the only show I've ever been on the cast album for. Like, in the, they have like a, a big chorus in like two of uh, the songs. And I'm in there, baby. I'm an alto in it. Um, Look at you go. <laughs> I have like a signed thing from Miss, the cast. Miss Record, Miss Recording Artist. That is what it is. Um, it's just a very beautiful and deeply personal show to me. It's uh it is just a tapestry of human emotion and suffering and love and hope and grief and everything in between, just all over the show. Um Every character is so interesting and dynamic. A lot of that is thanks to Leo Tolstoy because the show is based off of like a 70 page section of uh, War and Peace, um, which follows Natasha, a young girl who forms a relationship with the attractive uh, rebel Anatole while her betrothed Andre is off fighting. Andre's best friend Pierre remains on high alert as the new romance blossoms. Very simple premise. But there's just so much going on with the characters. They're insane. And again, with like Wicked, it's like they're deeply human and flawed. And everyone's wants are at odds with each other. And there's just a lot going on. And it's chaotic and beautiful and heartbreaking and joyous. Um, I would say that the music, you'll never hear another show that sounds like this show. Like it's so dynamic and one of a kind dave malloy genius i can't wait for his moby dick musical it's gonna it's gonna be something gotta blow Fast. it out of the water you've got danae benton <laughs> Britton ashford my beloved love her amber gray again um Gelsey bell lucas seal nick Choksi, and josh fucking groban like are you kidding are you kidding? This was like his first major Broadway show, uh, like part, and he fucking killed it. I love Josh Groban. Many people know this. I did not know this. Yes, you did. We, it's definitely come up. Really? Why do I feel like this is news to me? It shouldn't be. I'm a Grobanite, and the whole world <laughs> better know it. Um. Well, now they do. I, I've made a lot of friends with this show because it was like one of the first times I was really into a show where like there was a community surrounding it um, where like we talked to the actors and like there was a rapport and like everyone knew each other and it was like weird but like wonderful and I haven't talked to a lot of those people in a long time and I feel like I should even though I'm not in that world yeah. like at all anymore. Um. It had like an interactive stage experience. Like it wasn't like a stage, like the whole, there were seats all around and there was like the pit with a circular stage around it. And there were tables that like 
the cast would like sit at, but also people in the audience were sitting at and like they'd go up and down the rows and stuff. Like one of the characters on one of the times I went, um, I was sitting all the way in the right uh, of the row at the end of it. And she just sat down next to me waiting for her song. And she was just like acting just like, just like, hi. <laughs> and she was just like, like, like in character, just like, oh my. And it was so sweet. Um, the theater was just so comfortable. It was like these thick red plush seats, beautiful like Russian opera music playing before the show starts. They throw pierogies in little boxes at the beginning of the show and it's a good mm. fucking pierogi um they like hand out egg shakers during a certain part and like they give you letters sometimes i have a letter hold on i gotta show off my my swag so they would show up they'd have this scene with letters with love letters and stuff and i have one but it's actually one of the ones used by the show Let's see this is uh just for craig because but here's some paper asmr uh, this is, uh, you're in a top we love a memento i'm in deep despair at the misunderstanding there is between us whatever my father's feelings might be they sing this part um i beg you to believe that i cannot help loving you he's a tired old man and must be forgiven please come see us again. And I got it signed by, I think, Gelsey Bell and I don't know who else. Someone else, which is cool. I love um, that, though. It's like, oh, it's great. Um, whatchamacallit. My top tracks are No One Else, Makes Me Believe in Love, It's So Beautiful, God, uh, Dust and Ashes, whew, Makes you think about life and Josh Groban's amazing and charming Amber Gray just serves. See you next Tuesday in this song. Mm. Um, I love it. I, uh, it should have been on forever. I blame Dear Evan Hansen for its demise. I blame that show for the demise of so many shows. Of in the fall of I blame it for the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> Um, do you have any honorable mentions? I only have one. Okay. And it's a show we've lightly referenced already, and it is Waitress. Mm. I saw that show twice on Broadway. Waitress, good. It is. I saw it with the original cast. Ah. Phenomenal. Ah. It's a really and then, good one. Good one. I saw it the second time I saw it. I'm for oh, Shoshana Bean played Jenna. Mm -hmm. She's phenomenal. She's a powerhouse. Uh, Jeremy Jordan was in it. Oh right. I have very, I have very mixed feelings about him. We all do. <laughs> we all do in this in this world. Um, and and Noah Galvin was in it. Oh, I like. And him. is okay. So when I when I saw it for the second time, it was literally I think a week after Booksmart came out. 
so he was like joking right or it was like right before he was coming out he's like everyone go see my movie this weekend like at the stage door is so funny um what a cutie he is he's adorable he's so so talented i mean they were talented people in book smart yeah i mean are we surprised olivia wilde knows exactly what she's doing she does. Um, she's a, she's a yeah, conversation wait, for another day. She Oh, she is. Uh, but wait, just going back to it. Jason Sudeikis of it all. Yeah, we'll wait on that. We will wait on that. Um, but Waitress, <laughs> to me, is such a powerful show in terms of, again, like that whole idea of autonomy and feeling safe within your own body and your own environment. It is... I would... Mm, I don't know if I could say it. It's one of the only shows that have made me cry. I cried everything, so that's not hard. Um, <laughs> I love Everything Changes. It's one of my favorite songs from the show. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful. That's like the scene that makes me cry every time I saw it. Um, that one's so fun. When He Sees Me, love that song. I mean, we love it. It is just... It is pure gold. It's so fun. Um, um, I, I'm going to speed run my... No, that's so fine. That's the only two songs anyway. Go for it. Um, Chess, the musical. I need to revive it right now. Because no one knows what I'm talking about when I talk about it. And it's fantastic. Anyway, yeah, I've never heard of it. It's. Oh, I've spoken about it several times, but whatever. Um, Anastasia... Love that mm-hmm. show. Newsies, of course. Wicked, of course. Um, Avenue Q, I love. Uh, Hamilton, I guess. I really do like You're Hamilton. Like- I'm, I won't even lie. Um, She's a Hamil ho. I'm, mm, let's not say that. Uh, Beetlejuice, I really enjoy. Oh, Hairspray, of course. So Les Miserables, not the movie musical only and oh, of course well, i have hairspray twice i'll say it she again. really likes hairspray i do i've seen it like two or three times on broadway um, i want to see i want to see beetlejuice very badly well it's off broadway so you can't i know i know again i, I blame dear evan hansen um so i posed a question to craig and myself before we recorded um of and you guys can all answer this too at home what do you want to see adapted into a stage musical and we don't have to go into the specifics here just throwing stuff at the wall seeing if it sticks um, yeah i and i think it's because i just rewatched it and it has to do with the feature i'm writing would love to see jim henson's labyrinth as a stage mm. musical i think it'd be super fun Probably hard to do, but it'd be super fun. Mm. Um, I would like to see La La Land as a ballet with no singing. Mm. I've thought about this a lot. And I stand I could it. tell. I could tell. I've thought about it a lot. Um, I want a Kate Bush jukebox musical. Mm. There's story there. We know it. Jennifer's Body? Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. 
Okay. Okay. I feel like I've heard whispers about it being a, a musical, but maybe, maybe not. Um, and I feel like this film was also maybe made into a musical, but I don't know. But like the documentary slash story of Grey Gardens, like of Little Edie and Big Edie. I don't yeah, know. I don't know, honestly. But I think it'd be it interesting to try to make that a musical. And those are my mm. my my options. The things I'm optioning is musicals. What did you come up with? Um, so I have a few as well. Um, and I try to kind of do what you were doing and and dive into different genres and, and see how that would translate into musicals. First one I came up with, because I think it would be pretty accessible because it's already, it, it, it's a, a spin on a classic fairy tale. I would love to see Penelope as a musical. I'd like to I see love it. that movie. I I'd love like that movie it. so much. We, Everyone we who knows Penelope me knows how much house. I love Penelope. I love it so much. I would say that would be choice number one. Um, my second choice, kind of going along with that more darker element storyline, I just had it in my brain and it totally just escaped. And I'm so mad at myself. Just wait to get rid of me down, babe. I know. Listen, like when you posed me that question, I was like, "Ooh, this is actually kind of tough." I and I just got so wrapped up with everything today that I didn't write it down. But I promise it will come to me in like a hot moment. Um, and if it doesn't, um, and if it doesn't, we can save it for the next literally lesson learned i'm so mm -hmm. mad at myself i just had i'm like literally scrolling through my letterbox really quick because i'm like on high end i high end i am i can't even form words right now i'm an embarrassment to this podcast like i am each time that's yeah. okay yeah oh Yes, I found it. I'm sorry. It'd be so interesting because it's already such a dark storyline, and I'd like to see where they could take it if it was a musical, The Virgin Suicides. See, I think it's too slow to be a musical, and, like, there's not enough. Like, a lot of what goes on in that is interior, so it would be hard to do yeah. I figured they can vamp it up, change the storyline a little bit, do do a little judge it up for open Broadway, it. whatever they want to do. It doesn't excite me the same way as Penelope does. I mean, Penelope would hit. It'd be a, it would be a smash hit. It'd be a smash um, hit. And then my other option would be the craft as a musical i feel like that's definitely been thrown around like i've definitely heard whispers i don't That'd know maybe cool. maybe it's just the people i follow but and then I, if we were going to do a, of course if we were going to do a biopic instead of having the carol king musical we'd have the vanessa carlton musical a jukebox musical yeah i'd be i 
Only if you wrote it would I yeah. watch it. I am so down to write it. I know you are. Vanessa Carlton, every day, all day, all the way, whatever, whatever gets the message out the for our Lord. Lord and Savior. You know the um, episode of Billy on the Street when they have the protests spreading awareness about Nicole Kidman? Mm-hmm. That is going to be essentially me with Vanessa I Carlton. I feel like we've had this conversation I would like to spread before. awareness. This exact conversation about this. Or maybe it was about Michelle Branch in that context. But it was definitely about those two girlies. It, it's very possible because I You're am obsessed with both of them. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, Vanessa Carlton is my second car option name. Vanessa Carlton? Oh! Come on. <laughs> Come, Come on. on. It's there. Come on. I th- I think the pun in itself is it it it's meant to be. Oh, we've just named your car. It's cool. Um, this is man. exciting. No more no more Twitter poll, everyone. We we have a name. <laughs> I love musicals. Uh, doing my research for this made me want to get back into listening to them because I realized I hadn't been for a very long time, and it's like okay, the theater kid in me. I haven't, I haven't been happy enough, too, if we're going to be real honest. <laughs> I haven't hated myself enough to get back into it, but I'm at that, I'm at that point. So, I, like, what do I have to lose besides self-respect? It's all gone. I have nothing I th- else I was to about lose. to say, once we're done recording, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go listen to the one soundtrack. I, it's the one thing. It's very few and far between that they do have Broadway musicals on vinyl, I really wish they had once on vinyl for the they for the Broadway show. They definitely do. They have most Broadway sh- uh, soundtracks on vinyl. I'll have to do my research because I don't. I didn't think they did. No, but they do. I will say because if they do, I will pay top dollar for they, it. There's a store like not in Times Square, but like in the Broadway area of the city that sells a bunch of them. Hmm. I'm not kidding. Well, if you find your if you find yourself in the city and you find it, love, um, I will I, send money your way. It'll be a gift, honestly. Um, anyway. Anyways. So that's, that's our show. Happy first episode back. It's great yes, happy getting back two. into it, talking, talking it, about things. Yeah, it, it definitely felt a lot more natural than I thought it would be. Well, we're professionals. Ugh. Yes. I miss this. This it, it is so, it felt right. It, it really did. We needed this. <laughs> we, we, were, we needed this more than y'all needed this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we mostly do this for ourselves, so. Oh, we do. For sure. Um, so with all that being said, I've been Kay. And I've been Craig. And go watch. Go watch. It's never going to be synchronized ever again. Go watch a goddamn musical. Goddamn musical. Oh, yeah, that felt great. That felt natural. Felt good. It did feel so good to say that again. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.